0: Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to get fact checked.
1: Access granted.
0: What is up, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Fact Check. You have got Jared, Courtney, and Amir this week. Y'all say what's up. Hey,
2: everyone. How we doing, y'all?
0: We are in week six of session. Uh, <laughs> by my calculations, we've got 21 days on that sunny die countdown. left. Yes. And, and Drop the future is moving along, so we might actually hit that deadline this year. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, it was Valentine's week. Love is in the air, but one thing we're not feeling the love on is... The term limits bill.
1: Mm. Courtney, what are we hearing over there? Yeah, term limits. It's still moving in the House. Uh, this week, Rep Salzman presented her bill in the House State Affairs Committee. It did pass 13 to 7. Um, it did have one major amendment. It went back to eight years. So in the House, we're back at eight years and it is Running fully. Fully in line with the Senate bill.
0: And once again, we had a number of our commissioners come out and, you know, voice their opposition to this bill. So thank you to everyone who who did their part. I know that actually means something within the legislature when they they come and see their delegation members uh, speaking against this stuff. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, Moving right along, Amir, uh, talk to us a little bit about a new bill, not new, uh, but one that I don't believe we've uh, spoken on on the podcast just yet. Uh, It's a tangible personal property exemption.
2: Yeah, no, so on Tuesday, Rep. McClain presented WMC-6 and WMC-7, which will, going forward, be referred to as HB 7075, and HB 7077 acts as its implementing bill, and 7075 is going to be a tangible personal property tax exemption from 25000 to fifty thousand, so it's doubling that current amount. Right? It's doubling it. The revenue estimating conference has not estimated the potential revenue impact of this joint resolution, but staff estimates that the negative reoccurring impact on local government revenues would be approximately a hundred million, beginning in fiscal year twenty twenty five to twenty six.
0: And to clarify, by staff we are referring to the Ways and Means Committee staff. Uh, so obviously, a hundred million dollars—that that is a, a bit of a price tag on this bill for local governments.
2: And these bills do not have any. Uh, Senate companions or committee references yet, but this information will soon come out as the weeks progress. I assume.
0: Shifting gears, uh, we are seeing Ag Commissioner Wilton Simpson pushing his uh, Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services package. Pretty comprehensive bill, uh, a lot of moving parts here. Jeff Scala refers to this as a bill about things, uh, because you know this is just a a massive umbrella uh, hitting everything from uh, meat created in a lab uh, to nonprofit addresses, uh, to the one big one we're gonna talk about, there is a preemption in this DAX package uh, dealing with electric vehicle charging stations. It's preempting the regulation of EV charging stations to the state. And the problem we're really seeing with this is we don't know what we don't know. I mean, we don't know how the state is gonna operate in this space going forward. They might do nothing. They might, you know, impose new regulations. We just don't know. Uh, And so I, I think uncertainty is potentially not great for the EV market going forward. Uh, and given that this is a preemption of local regulation uh, and our home rule authority, uh, you know, this is one that we'll have to keep an eye on going forward. Kicking it back over to Courtney. Uh, Courtney, I, I hear we're uh, actually trending in the right direction on sovereign immunity. What is going on there?
1: By right direction, if you mean uh, failed in a committee, yes. Gotta love it. House Bill 569 by Rep McFarland uh, was supposed to be heard in the House Judiciary Committee uh, on Wednesday morning, and it actually got tabled. The chair pulled it off the calendar altogether. So as far as the house goes, we shouldn't see this bill again.
0: That's good to hear Courtney. Uh, you know, this is one that obviously circles back every year. Uh, you know, the trial lawyers, you know, have, have their hands in this uh, as well as a number of other uh, things. We're part of a coalition uh, with, you know, uh, the state university system, a handful right. of public hospitals, schools, that sort of thing, uh, and other local governments. Uh, and so we've been kind of digging our heels in, uh, and, and so far it looks like, you know, that the resistance is working, so.
1: Yes, that's what we like to see. It's,
0: it's nice to get a win here. Um, Amir, kicking it back over to you uh, for yet another tax provision. Uh, this year, It's or this time, it's gonna be the annual tax package. Uh, what's going on with that? What are, What are we seeing?
2: Yeah, this bill includes a couple provisions and it was sponsored by the chair of the Ways and Means Committee, Representative McLean, who was previously a county commissioner. Uh, the bill proposes various tax holidays on back-to-school shopping, disaster preparedness supplies, and recreational items. It also temporar- temporarily reduces the business rent tax rate and allows leasing companies to pay tax upfront on vehicle purchases. Um, the prescribed tax-related holidays And measures look to have a local government fiscal impact of $132.8 million in fiscal year 24-25, and then another reoccurring expense of $4.4 million to counties uh, in the following years. And if you go over to our legible for this week, you'll be able to see a chart that isolates some of the individual uh, tax
0: holiday fiscal impacts to local governments as well. Thanks, Amir. Well said. Uh, I'm gonna take this next one myself, and it's it's one we've seen before. Uh, it's House Bill 433 by Representative Esposito, and it passed the State Affairs Committee uh, 14 to 6 this week. So there, there was a little bit of resistance, and there were some good questions being asked. Uh, this is a three-headed preemption right here. The first section deals with uh, the preemption of local preferences within their contracting and their procurement procedures. Uh, so we could not require a potential vendor or you know reward a potential vendor for meeting a certain prevailing wage benefit um, threshold, that sort of thing. The second section, potentially even worse, uh, preempts the terms and conditions of employment to the state. This is, you know, just, mystery meat i mean this this could be everything and fact staff actually interprets this to apply to internal county employees as well as our potential regulation of private businesses Uh, and so the problem we're seeing here is you know if we want to um send an expecting mother home for maternity leave we would have to call dms and and make sure that that's all above board that sort of thing let
1: me know how long you wait on hold to uh, get through <laughs> for that phone call.
0: Exactly. Yeah this this thing is uh, this is a bad bill right here. Uh, and then the third section deals with um, regulation of heat exposure requirements, uh, whether that's you know certain amounts of. Um, shade, water breaks, that sort of thing. Uh, counties would not be able to regulate that going forward. Uh, the Senate bill has actually taken out the first two sections uh, and so it's just you know, a one-pronged preemption right now, just that heat exposure requirements. And so we're, we're hoping to um, match up the, 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 Senate, the House language to that Senate language, which is looking a little cleaner as it stands right now. And with that being said, I will pivot back over to Courtney to talk another uh, Representative Esposito bill, uh, HB 267, uh, dealing with b- building permits.
1: Thanks, Jared. And to keep your building permit bills separate here, uh, Esposito's bill deals with uh, single-family units, so, just a regular house, uh, townhouses, duplexes, apartment buildings, 50 units or under, and uh, those commercial buildings, 25,000 square feet or under. Uh, this bill did pass in the House Commerce Committee this week. Um, it did add three amendments, which we were very interested to see. The first one takes the local government's ability to have a fee owner sign a waiver to allow the timelines that she has set forth in this bill be surpassed due to concurrent currency review. Well,
0: you know what that's going to do? Local governments are just going to start denying permits if they Absolutely. Get, get that, and that timeline. It, you know, the
1: timelines in here are not only crazy, but it's now saying like if you have a pool drawing built up to add on to your single-family house. When you pull those permits, the Department of Health is the one that approves that. Yeah, there's a lot of
0: stakeholders here. Right, so you're you're
1: you're pulling in other departments and this amendment takes away the local government's ability to not only educate the fee owner about that but say you have to go get those done before you can even come to me at this point. It also added in some language about elevator standards and that you must have a handrail and it also added in internship programs for building code inspectors and plan examiners. Uh, The second amendment added a thermal efficiency standard for unvented attics and enclosed rafter assemblies regarding air handlers. And the last amendment added the language, except as otherwise provided, this act shall take effect on January 1st, 2025. They're at the end of the bill. So uh, it we're going to see where this one lands. Yeah, everyone but,
0: wants a piece of this. You know, big refrigerators involved now. Right. <laughs> We've
1: More stakeholders have come to the table somehow, but um, FAC did stand up and testify on this one and we do oppose this language altogether.
0: And just to clarify, uh, the Senate bill is a little cleaner at this point. Uh, Those timelines are looking a little more realistic and it doesn't have that problematic deemed approved language that we're seeing in the House bill uh, whereby, you know, a a local government that doesn't meet the timelines in the bill, uh, an application for a building permit would be automatically deemed approved you know, the day after that it goes over that timeline. Uh, and so that, you know, that's a public safety nightmare and uh, we're hoping to see the Senate version get some traction going forward. Amir, shifting over to you again, uh, one last tax bill for us, what do you got? <laughs> Senator Gruder's SB 866
2: valuation of timeshare units was heard in the Senate Finance and Tax Committee on Tuesday. It did pass favorably four to two and this bill seeks to revise the methodology for valuing timeshare units for the purpose of ad valorem taxation. Take a step back and Looking at how property appraisers evaluate ad valorem property tax for timeshare units, there's two prevailing ideologies that uh, present themselves here. It's whether to use either A, the resale market price, or B, their original price value. And the main problem that we see with using the resale market price is that oftentimes these timeshare contracts, they loop the timeshare owner into rigid contract agreements oftentimes resulting in these owners having to make distress sales, which brings the resale price of the value down to 40 to 75% lower than its original market value. Um, This bill does have a house companion bill in the form of HB 471 by Representative Fine, which has been placed on special order and to note, SB 886, this bill sides with the owners because it defers to the property owner of the timeshare
0: to see if they want to use the resale market value instead. Well, and obviously, you know, that's that's going to create a pretty big gap uh, between the original purchase price and, you know, that resale market, as we said. Uh, we're seeing distressed sales a lot in this market, at least anecdotally, uh, 40 to 75% below that that original purchase price just because, you know, they get into these contracts that they, you know, can't get out of very easily, and they have to, you know, just take a loss on this one uh, and, and sell it for a fraction of the original price.
2: Yeah, and at the end of the day, the, the property appraiser is just looking to, you know, create enough property tax ad valorem to provide essential local services, but with the revised methodology presented in SB 886, this would result in a $171 million local impact um,
0: for fiscal year 24 and 25. Not a small price tag on that one, Mayor. Appreciate it. Uh, and wrapping up uh, we got some good news we have got uh, the House Pace Bill trending in the right direction Jeff Scala said he had the juice on this one <laughs> and it looks like he might just deliver uh, House Bill 927 by Rep. Tribolsi passed the House Ways and Means Committee 19-2 uh, to 2. that was a second committee stop so it should have one more uh, the Senate version SB 770 by Senator Martin has already passed off the Senate floor so they are just waiting on the House to catch up at this point these two bills after the latest round of amendment language are actually identical now, and both contain the fix that FAC has been looking for that would preserve our home rule authority to regulate PACE administrators. Uh, so there was that controversial bond validation hearing a couple years back that emboldened certain players within this space to go statewide without any oversight. We would like to see these PACE administrators get kind of the local approval um, just to make sure that, you know, that PACE program is is approved within that community. This bill gives counties back that power to authorize PACE programs in their community by ordinance. Uh, and so this is one that, you know, FACT is comfortable supporting once again going forward. And with that being said, I I think that does it for policy for the week guys any housekeeping week seven week seven coming
1: up find us on the floor shortly <sighs> i'm gonna
0: start reading davin's favorite uh, man in the arena quote from teddy roosevelt uh but you know maybe we'll get to that next week because you know we are in the arena let me tell you um but with that being said we are gonna go ahead and wrap things up for this week everybody thank you for tuning in as always if you have any questions or want additional detail on these bills Please check out our legislative bulletin that goes out every week, as well as our bill tracker up on the FAC website. It's got all the bills we talked about today and more, uh, so please check that out.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: With that being said, we will be signing off. Enjoy the weekend, y'all. Thanks.